0: Chapter One of the Cliff Climbers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Fiddlesticks. The Cliff Climbers by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter One The Himalayas. Who has not heard of the Himalayas? those titanic masses of mountains that interpose themselves between the hot plains of india and the cold table-lands of tibet a worthy barrier between the two greatest empires in the world the mongol and the celestial the veriest tyro in geography can tell you that they are the tallest mountains on the surface of the earth that their summits a half-dozen of them at least surmount the sea-level by more than five miles of perpendicular height that more than thirty of them rise above twenty thousand feet and carry upon their tops the eternal snow the more skilled geographer or geognosist could communicate hundreds of other interesting facts in relation to these majestic mountains vast volumes might be filled with most attractive details of them their fauna their silva and their flora but here my reader we have only space to speak of a few of the more salient points that may enable you to form some idea of the titanic grandeur of these mighty masses of snow-crowned rock which towering aloft frown or smile as the case may be on our grand empire of ind it is the language of writers to call the himalayas a chain of mountains spanish geographers would call them a sierra saw a phrase which they have applied to the andes of america either term is inappropriate when speaking of the himalayas for the vast tract occupied by these mountains over two hundred thousand square miles or three times the size of great britain in shape bears no resemblance to a chain its length is only six or seven times greater than its breadth the former being about a thousand miles while the latter in many places extends through two degrees of the earth's latitude moreover from the western termination of the himalayas in the country of cabul to their eastern declensions near the banks of paramputer there is no continuity that would entitle them to the appellation of a chain of mountains between these two points they are cut transversely and in many places by stupendous valleys that form the channels of great rivers, which, instead of running east and west as the mountains themselves were supposed to trend, have their courses in the transverse direction, often flowing due north or south. It is true that, to a traveller approaching the Himalayas from any part of the great plain of India, these mountains present the appearance of a single range, stretching continuously along the horizon from east to west this however is a mere optical illusion and instead of one range the himalayas may be regarded as a congeries of mountain ridges covering a superficies of two hundred thousand square miles and running in as many different directions as there are points in the compass within the circumference of this vast mountain tract there is a great variety of climate soil and productions among the lower hills these contiguous to the plains of india as well as in some of the more profound valleys of the interior the flora is of a tropical or subtropical character the palm the tree fern and the bamboo here flourish in free luxuriance higher up appears the vegetation of the temperate zone represented by forests of gigantic oaks of various species by sycamores pines walnut and chestnut trees still higher are the rhododendrons the birches the heaths succeeded by a region of herbaceous vegetation by slopes and even table plains covered with rich grasses stretching onward and upward to the line of the eternal snow there are encountered the cryptogamia, the lichens and the mosses of alpine growth just as they are found within the limits of the polar circle so that the traveller who passes from the plains of india towards the high ridges of the himalayas or who climbs out of the deeper valleys up to some snow-clad summit that surmounts it it may experience within a journey of a few hours duration every degree of climate and observe a representative of every species of vegetation known upon the face of the earth the himalayas are not uninhabited on the contrary one considerable kingdom nepal with many petty states and communities as botan sikkim Gurwal, Kamon, and the famed kashmir are found within their boundaries some enjoying a sort of political independence but most of them living under the protection either of the anglo-indian empire on the one side or that of china upon the other the inhabitants of these several states are of mixed races and very different from the people of hindustan towards the east in botan and sikkim they are chiefly of the mongolian stock in customs and manners resembling the people of tibet and like them practising the religion of the lamas in the western himalayas there is a mixture of Gorkha mountaineers hindus from the south Sikhs from lahore and Mahometans from the old empire of the mongols and here also are to be found in full profession the three great representative religions of asia Mahometan, buddhist and brahman the population, however, is exceedingly small compared to the surface over which it is distributed, and there are many tracts in the Himalayan hills, thousands of square miles in extent, where no human being dwells, where no chimney sends up its smoke. Indeed, there are vast tracts, especially among the thousands of square miles in extent, where no human being dwells, where no chimney sends up its smoke indeed there are vast tracts especially among the high snow-covered summits that have either never been explored or only very rarely by the adventurous hunter others there are quite inaccessible and it is needless to say that the highest peaks such as chamolari kichinjunga dunkiya dawal and the like are far beyond the reach even of the most daring climber Perhaps no one has ever ascended to the height of five miles above the level of the sea, and it is a question whether at that elevation a human being could exist. At such a height, it is probable that animal life would become extinct by reason either of the extreme cold or the rarity of the atmosphere. Though the Himalaya mountains have been known from the earliest historic times, for they are the Emmaus and and modus of the ancient writers it is only within the present century that we in europe have obtained any definite knowledge of them the portuguese and dutch the first european colonists of india have told us very little about them and even our own anglo-indian writers were long silent upon this interesting theme exaggerated accounts of the hostility and cruelty of the himalayan highlanders more especially the gorkas prevented private explorations and with the exception of some half-dozen books most of them referring to the western section of the himalayas and comparatively valueless from the want of scientific knowledge on the part of their authors this vast tract has remained almost a terra incognita up to the present time of late however we have obtained a better acquaintance with this interesting portion of the earth's surface the botanist, lured thither by its magnificent flora, has opened to us a new world of vegetation. Royal and Hooker have ably achieved this task. The zoologist, equally attracted by its varied fauna, has made us acquainted with new forms of animal life. Hodgson and Wallach are the historians in this department. Scarcely less are we indebted to the sportsman and hunter. To Markham, Dunlop, and Wilson, the mountaineer. But in addition to these names that have become famous through the published reports of their explorations, there are others that still remain unrecorded the plant-hunter the humble but useful commissioner of the enterprising nurserymen has found his way into the himalayas has penetrated their most remote gorges has climbed their steepest declivities and wandered along the limit of their eternal snow in search of new forms of leaf and flower he has forded the turbid stream braved the roaring torrent dared the dangerous avalanche crossed the dread crevice of the glistening glacier and though no printed book may record his adventurous experience not the less has he contributed to our knowledge of this great mountain world his lessons may be read on the parterre in the flowers of the purple magnolia the deodar, the rhododendron they may be found in the greenhouse in the eccentric blossoms of the orchis and curious form of the screw pine in the garden in many a valuable root and fruit destined ere long to become favourites of the dessert table. It is ours to chronicle the history of an humble expedition of this kind, the adventures of a young plant hunter, the employee of an enterprising seedsman, well known in the world's metropolis. End of chapter one.